Hey everyone, today is day 17. And today we're gonna to talk about intergenerational wealth. So a lot of us are thinking about me, glorious me. And yes, of course, you know, your life is really about you, but if we really want to be a stronger, higher iteration of ourselves, if we wanna create wealth, no one can become a multimillionaire or a billionaire by being solely reliant, solely self-sufficient, because whatever it is that's gonna bring in that kind of money is something that's going to require a lot more effort than one person alone can give. And the same is true for effectiveness of capital. You know, we've talked about how, you know, giving to others actually brings something back to you. But when we think about our money, if we start thinking about our parents and our children as well, and kind of more of a seamless way, um, then everything becomes easier and prosperity and abundance flows more easily. There are many examples that I can give, but one thing I would say is that mostly Americans and Canadians tend to be more siloed and nuclear in their thinking. They think about myself. Sometimes they don't talk about their wealth with children. Sometimes they haven't even got a legacy plan in place. And then of course, a lot of money ends up going to lawyers unnecessarily. In Europe, um, a lot of wealthy families and on the East Coast in the United States as well, they plan 100 years in advance. They start the transfer of wealth when their child and their children are young. They start thinking about, you know, what their child is going to grow up and become when their children are young. I always say princes don't buy their own homes. You know, um, you know, Prince William, who is now the Prince of Wales and the heir to the throne, you know, he always lives, he still does in places that were owned by his former grandmother, now owned by his father. So it's, um, you know, it's important that we start thinking that way rather than my child's 18, he's on his own, or she's on her own, or vice versa, oh, we'll find a good place for you when you retire. That is making the landlord rich instead of keeping the money in the family. So if we can think bigger and think intergenerational wealth, then we can create greater familial prosperity which can be built upon and compounded over generations. That's really the key to prosperity and abundance that lasts. Now, other ideas about this idea of intergenerational wealth. Again, you know, you can start the transfer early, but you're also starting the education early as well, whether it's through membership warrants in an LLC or having the, uh, their own foundation, Warren Buffett, each child has their own foundation. That also helps them to learn how to deal with board members and makes them more accountable for how the funds are going to be distributed. Uh, people that don't have that legacy in place, you know, their money can be squandered in, in the United States and it's same is very likely true in Canada. Uh, wealth is lost by the third generation. And a great deal of that is lack of uh, financial education, lack of fiduciary responsibilities, lack of uh, board and oversight committees, um, lack of training, and lack of thinking intergenerationally, okay? So uh, I want to give one more example. There's somebody who came to me, and they have a lot of cash. They like gold. They like silver. So they like safe havens. 
they don't like stocks and they've lot of, they've even lost a lot of money in bonds. So they're really tired of investing and they wanted to just have these things that could sit. And there's a sacred flow of money that's really important. And it doesn't mean that you just have it sitting at a bank. It could mean that you decide, again, in tough times, income producing hard assets that you purchase for a good price can be a great source of income. So, and also tossing out bills can be a great source of income. So if you live in a sunny state and you haven't yet put solar on your roof, should you think about some of that cash or gold or Bitcoin going into solar panels? If you've done that for yourself, should you think about that for your kids? Again, if your kids and or parents are living separate from you, and I'm not saying that everybody should necessarily live together, I'm saying it should be thought about. Because if you consider all of the bills that are paid that might be kept in the family, that's going to create a lot of wealth. And yes, it does create sacrifice, but sometimes it's less sacrifice than you might think, especially because you have all this other monetary resources with which to create a better sanctuary for everybody. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow.